let God transform your life as you listen to this inspiring sermon by Rev. Richard C. Whitcomb. Angela was stuck, and it seemed there was no way out. The problems began for the young mother of four when her husband died last year. Suddenly, Angela was the sole breadwinner for her and her young children. She did her best to keep her kids and run a small business. But then the coronavirus pandemic hit, and what little money she had for her capital was consumed in food for her kids. Within a short time, her business collapsed, her income disappeared, her kids were hungry, and her situation seemed hopeless. But then, when all hope was lost, something miraculous happened. A group of newsmen were going door-to-door in her community, seeking to help the poor and needy. They found Angela and her four young children in the uncompleted building where they lived. And instantly, the charity team flew into action. Angela's story made it into the news, and before she knew what was happening, donations started coming in from home and abroad. People who didn't know her at all began donating to help her out. And within a few weeks, Crime Check Foundation brought her an envelope stuffed full of money worth 21,138 Ghana CDs. Well, when Crime Check Foundation donated the money to her, Angela stood speechless and trembling as she tried to collect herself from the shock of her life. Then with joy and excitement, Angela started singing praise to God. Lord, you've done so much, she sang. We are alive because of your grace. All thanks belongs to you, Jesus. And suddenly, Angela went from stuck to start. The outpouring of grace she received rescued her, lifted her, and set her and her children on a new path. And the amazing true story of Angela has a message for all of us today. You see, just like Angela, all of us are helpless without the Lord. Just like Angela, we all face situations that we can't solve. We're stuck and we can't get free. But the good news is that God's grace is searching for us. God's grace is looking for us. And when God's grace gets involved, everything changes. For no matter how desperate your situation may be, no matter how long it has been, no matter how hopeless things have become, there is always hope with God. He has an outpouring of grace for every one of us today. And if you'll open up your heart to him, you too will experience God's outpouring of grace. That's the powerful message in our sermon today. We're going to discover the truth about the outpouring of grace available to all of us who call upon the Lord. But before we learn more, let us pray. Father, we in heaven, we thank you today for your abundant grace. You are the God of all grace. And Jesus Christ, we thank you that you came full of grace and truth to our lives. You came to bring us grace. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are searching for us to give us your grace today. And so we open our hearts to you. We submit to you. We bind every voice of the enemy that would come to deceive or disturb or distract us. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I loose the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of fire, and the outpouring of grace to our hearts that we might be enlightened to the truth and have the power to obey it. We thank you that at the end of today, your name will be glorified and our lives will be changed. 
We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. I want to invite you to join your faith with mine right now, and let's pray together. Just put your hand on your chest and say after me, Lord Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Manifest your glory in me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our broadcast today. I'm so glad that you're here with me as we celebrate the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when we receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we not only receive fire, but we also receive power. We receive love, and we receive an outpouring of grace. That's why the Bible says in Acts 4, 31 and 33, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now think about this situation for a moment with me. When the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 2, the first thing that happened was fire filled the disciples and souls were won to Christ. This same thing repeats itself in Acts 4. The Holy Spirit is poured out on the disciples and the power of God fills them to win souls. But the second thing we see in both Acts 2 and Acts 4 is that the second sign of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was that there was an outpouring of grace. Listen again to verse 33. And great grace was upon them all. So first, the outpouring of the Spirit brought fire and power, which led to souls being saved. But secondly, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit brought grace. The Holy Spirit outpouring filled God's people with an abundance of grace. That's why right after the day of Pentecost, the very first miracle in the church was the healing of the crippled man in Acts 3. It was a miracle of healing, but even more than that, it was a miracle of grace. So today we're going to take a closer look at the very first miracle after Pentecost as we discover more about the outpouring of grace and what it means for us today. Our text for today comes from the book of Acts chapter 3 verses 1 to 10. It's a great story about a man who was stuck and how he was set free by the grace of God. Let me read it to you today as you follow along on the screen. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now, a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. May the Lord bless the reading of his word to your hearts today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. I love this story so much because I see myself. In fact, I see all of us here in this story. It gives me hope and encouragement because when I see this man being delivered by God's grace, it gives me faith for everyone everywhere to also be set free. See, the fact is, we don't know this man's name. We don't know his family. We don't know where he came from. We don't know hardly anything about him at all. We don't know the details about him because he represents every one of us, every man and every woman in every nation. His situation applies to all of us because we all need grace. For the fact is, just like this man, we all have a gate. You may be watching or listening today and you're thinking, I'm the only one struggling with this problem. Nobody else is passing through what I'm passing through. But friend, I want you to know today, you are not alone. Everybody everywhere has a gate. Every one of us has a place that we need to move beyond. But we also have a Savior who can deliver us and take us higher. We have Jesus, the healer, the deliverer, our Savior. And he's here today to bring you an outpouring of grace. So let's look at this man and his story so that we can discover the three impacts that grace will have in our lives. And here's the first impact of grace. Grace conquers your problems. Consider again what the Bible tells us about this man in Acts 3.2. Now a man crippled from birth. Here was a man with a very serious problem. It was a problem that had been with him since birth. It was a problem that was not of his own making. He didn't do anything to earn this problem. It developed before he came out of his mother's womb. And there are a lot of people in this world like this lame man. Things and circumstances have existed for a long time and they bind us long before we were born. They affect our foundation. And unless Jesus comes to deliver us, we are crippled by these problems. See, the man's problem was in the foundation of his life. His ankles were weak. They couldn't support his weight. He couldn't stand. He couldn't walk. He couldn't move. So the very foundation of his life had a problem from the very beginning of his life. And friend, if your foundation is weak, your whole building will lean. You can make the outside of the building beautiful, but the building will lean. Eventually, it will fall down and collapse because the foundation was not properly laid. And here's what that means for us. Many of us are stuck, not just by outward problems alone. We're stuck in defeat. We're stuck at the gate because our foundation is wrong. We don't just have a problem with money or relationships, or with our job. The greatest problem in our lives is a wrong foundation. We're not established on grace. It's more than the visible problems we see. It's the fact that we've not built our lives on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Psalms 11.3 tells us, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? So even if you're a righteous man, even if you're a good woman, if you don't have the right foundation, you'll end up stuck. And that's what happened to this man. He was at the beautiful gate with a very ugly problem. And his worst problem wasn't the problem in his feet. It was that he allowed his problem to affect everything about his life. He became consumed by his problem. 
Listen to what the Bible says about this man in Acts 3.10. The people recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate. In other words, the people only knew him by his problem. They didn't know his name. They just knew, oh, that's the crippled man at the beautiful gate. And that's what happens to a lot of us. Sometimes the problem becomes so big in your life, it swallows up your identity. You're the man whose wife left you. You're the woman who has no child. You're the one who failed your papers. You're known by your problem. And this man's problem swallowed up his identity and consumed his life. We don't know if he was a Kofi or a Kwame, a Ni or a Tunde. He had lost sight of who he was and of who God was. The only thing that was big in this man's life was his problem. It was bigger than any other thing. It's all he talked about. It's all he focused on. And maybe you're like him today. Your problem has consumed you. But here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. You can't hold on to your problem and make progress at the same time. If you're going to break free, it begins by applying grace to your problem. You've got to come to a proper understanding of your past in order to move into your future. It doesn't matter if your problem is due to your fault or if you inherited your problem. It doesn't matter the source of the trouble in your life. You've got to come to the place today where you can say, my past will remind me, but my past will not define me. That's the lesson we can learn from the true story of an inspiring African woman named Madam C.J. Walker. C.J. Walker was an African-American woman born in 1867. Her parents and older siblings were slaves in America, and C.J. was the first child born to her parents in freedom. She grew up about as poor as you can get, and to make matters worse, her parents died when she was just seven years old. Somehow, she managed to survive as a poor orphan child. She got married and had a child, and then tragedy struck her again. When she was just 20 years old, her husband died, and she was left alone in the world with her two-year-old child. It seemed that CJ was stuck in a life of poverty and pain. An orphan, a widow, a poor child of slaves, C.J. Walker had only three months of formal education. But C.J. Walker did not allow her past to define her. She learned from her pain and grew stronger. She refused to allow her past and her problems to keep her down. So, in 1906, Madam C.J. Walker started her own business. She began producing and selling hair and skin care products for African women. Through hard work and God's grace, the company took off. And within a few years, C.J.'s position had shifted dramatically. By 1916, C.J. Walker employed more than 10,000 agents selling her products. She ran a network of schools that trained other African women in hair care and beauty treatments. She trained over 20,000 women and helped thousands of African women become successful in careers. She is America's first self-made female millionaire and the richest African-American businesswoman of her day. C.J. Walker always remembered her past, but she didn't allow her past to define her. 
And that's the first step you need to take today to break free. Take another look at the foundation of your life. Don't be a victim of your past. Learn from it and grow from it. For when grace gets involved, you are no longer the person you used to be. That's the powerful truth we learned from 1 Corinthians 6, 11. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth. He's reminding them that the world is full of evil men, murderers, thieves, liars, blasphemers, racists, and adulterers. And then he makes this amazing statement. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of of our God. So here's the truth that will set you free today. When God pours out his spirit and his grace on you, you become a new person. You used to be a sinner, but now you're made right. Your past may have been terrible. You may have committed crimes. You may have been a liar or a loser or a lunatic. You may have been a cripple or an outcast or criminal. But the fact is this, when you surrender to Jesus and his grace, you become new. By the power of his blood, you're cleansed. By the power of his spirit you are made holy by the power of his grace you are made righteous when you call on the name of the Lord and your past no longer defines you and that's why I declare to you today there is no problem grace cannot solve the greatest problem any man has ever had is the problem of sin and death we were lost and cut off from God the only problem no man could solve was the problem of death and sin separate from God, an outcast from heaven. No money could solve it. No scheming could sort it out. No strategy, no strength could save us. Man is lost. But grace came down looking for us. Grace came down in the person of Jesus and solved that problem. And if grace can solve our greatest problem, then grace can solve any problem. For grace makes a hard hot soft again. Ephesians 2.5 says, it is by grace you have been saved. And grace overcomes the power of sin. For Romans 6.14 says, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Grace washes away every iniquity. For Ephesians 1, 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Grace gives us the ability to serve God. For Romans 12, 6 says, In his grace, God has given different gifts for doing certain things well. So here's the truth you need to pack up and take home with you today. Don't look at your past, look at his promise. And when you get that truth in your heart, it will bring you to the second impact of grace. Grace changes your position. See, before this man received grace, he allowed his problem to affect his position. Listen to how this happened. In Acts 3.2, the Bible says the crippled man was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going to the temple courts. So think about this situation for a minute. The crippled man had a problem, but he allowed his problem to consume his life and his problem affected his position. When you think about it, there was nothing that kept him from going into the temple. 
There was no prohibition on entering the temple. There was no law that said a crippled man couldn't enter the temple, but he allowed his problem to affect his position. Rather than putting his problem aside and getting into the presence of God, he stayed outside, stuck at the gate. And that's how it is for many of us. We allow our problems to keep us stuck at the gate. If you allow your past to define you, it will affect your position. And friend, if you're stuck at the gate, then you need to let grace change your position. For grace says, you are not your past, you are a child of God. That's what the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 6 and 8. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Because of grace, you're raised. Because of grace, you are seated in heavenly places. Because of grace, you have access to God. So don't allow your problem to keep you out of your destined position. For grace changes your position. Grace takes you from the outside to the inside. Grace moves you from the back to the front. Grace elevates you from the bottom to the top. Grace shifts you from last to first. That's the lesson I learned a few years ago when I flew from Ghana to the USA on South African Airways. When I arrived into Washington Dulles Airport, I went through immigration control and then proceeded out to the baggage claim area. I got a luggage trolley and headed to baggage carousel number three where our luggage was to be delivered. Now, fortunately, I got there ahead of most people from my flight, and so I was able to stand right at the very front of the carousel waiting for my luggage. I knew that if I could, I could just grab my luggage and go and get out ahead of others. But as I waited, other people came along gradually, and soon there was a large crowd of passengers all pushing and shoving, standing at the carousel waiting for their suitcases. And after a few minutes, people started pushing their way forward, trying to push me aside. I remember in particular one very large lady who kept inching closer and closer to the front, trying to shove me aside. Eventually, she pretended as if her suitcase was coming. Oh, excuse me, she said as she shoved me to the side and went past me. That's my suitcase. But then to my surprise, when the luggage went past her, she said, oh, it's not mine. But rather than moving back aside and letting me back in my position at the front, she stayed at the front. She planted herself right there and she would not move. Hey, before I knew what had happened, I'd gone from the front to the back. I wasn't happy. Others started crowding around and pushing. And finally, in frustration, I just decided to walk away and let those selfish, pushy people get there first. I would let other people get their bags while I waited, and then I'd come back when it was less crowded. But Grace was with me. As I walked away, I started strolling through the baggage claim area waiting, and then an announcement came over the loudspeaker. South African Airways Flight 209 from Accra, please claim your luggage at carousel number one. 
I looked up, and there I was, right in front of carousel number one, all by myself. I turned and looked at all the other passengers at carousel number three. They were all still pushing and shoving, looking at bags and looking annoyed. So I took a few steps and went right up to the edge of carousel number one. There were no crowds, no pushing, and no fat ladies. Within a few minutes, my bag suddenly appeared. I picked it up without having to push past anybody. I looked back and saw a big big crowd, including the fat lady, still pushing and shoving at carousel three. I walked out of the baggage claim free and clear because grace changes your position. See, when you've got grace, you can go from the back to the front. You can go from the last to the first. You can go from low to high. And God can not only move you from the back to the front, he can actually change the back to make it the front. He can literally make wherever you are the front. Whatever place you're in, when you've got grace, he makes that the top place, the first place. For when you walk with Jesus, his grace makes you the head and not the tail. When you follow Jesus, he will move heaven and earth to get you to your destiny. Grace takes you from abandoned to adopted, from rejected to redeemed, from ridicule to the ruler, from prisoner to prominent, belittled to beloved. Grace makes you a child of God. And I'm talking to somebody today. I'm talking to somebody who feels left out, pushed down and shoved aside. I'm talking to somebody who's lost his place and feels shut out. And I'm here to tell you today that grace is coming to change your position. Grace is coming to move you to the front. Grace is coming to make wherever you are the front. It's coming to lift you up and seat you with Christ in heavenly places. If you believe it, shout grace. So do not allow your problem to affect your position. Do not allow your past to prevent your progress. Do not allow what happened to you to keep you from your promise. You see, this man didn't have to be stuck at the gate. He could have gone in. He was so close, but not close enough. He could hear the singing in the temple. He could hear the preaching in the temple. He could smell the sacrifices at the gate. He could lean forward and watch them dancing. He was close, but not close enough. The devil doesn't worry if you get close. He just wants to make sure you don't go inside where God's glory is. The devil doesn't care if some of you come to church as long as you don't come to Christ. As long as you just sit there with your problem in your position, he will let you come. But the minute you start to shift, the devil gets worried. For you see, inside the temple is where God is. Inside is where the glory is. Inside is where the power is. Inside is where there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. Inside there is grace. And when we allow our problem to affect our position, it keeps us stuck at the gate away from grace. You know what happens to us when we sit outside stuck at the gate? We become beggars. We look to man to do for us what God is supposed to do for us. And I hate to say this, but churches today are full of spiritual beggars. We have people all over the place looking to man to meet the need that only God can meet. So I say to you today, release the past so the past can release you. 
See, some people are still nursing a grudge they experienced 15 years ago. Some people are still stuck in a place of failure because of what a teacher did to them in primary school. Some people are still insecure and fearful and angry and bitter, and that has kept you outside God's glory and outside God's grace. You can't get up and enter in because you've got too much baggage from your past. And when you carry around the past, you start looking to man to meet your needs. And sometimes we don't trust God because we have other options. Sometimes we don't press in to get God's power. Sometimes we don't come in for the outpouring because we have other options. That's what happened to this man. He could beg, so he didn't look to God for deliverance. It wasn't a good option, but it was survival. He wasn't living. He was just existing, and sometimes that's what happens to us. We settle for less. The little we can get by with satisfies us, so we keep on begging rather than getting desperate for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and grace. But I'm here to tell you today, don't settle for begging. Let grace change your position. See, what the man didn't realize is that he was in a position where grace could reach him. He'd allowed his problem to keep him outside the presence of God. He could have gone into the glory, but he got stuck at the gate. But the good news for all of us today is this. When you're in a bad position, that's just the place where grace can come in. No matter how bad your problem is, God's grace can come in and touch you and shift you. No matter what your problem is, you are a candidate for grace. See, just because it's never been done doesn't mean it won't be done. Just because it's never happened to you doesn't mean it never will happen to you. Just because you've never seen your dream come to pass doesn't mean it won't come to pass. Just because you're not married now doesn't mean you'll never find the right man. Just because you've never had children, it doesn't mean you won't be the mother or the father of many. Just because you've always been poor doesn't mean you will always be poor. Just because you've had an issue of blood for 12 years doesn't mean it won't stop today. Just because the doctor said you've got one month to live doesn't mean you're going to die. Just because the lawyer said the case is hopeless doesn't mean you can't win. For when you are at the end of your rope, it's time for Jesus. When you can't, he can. When others won't, he will. That's why Jesus Jesus said in Matthew 9, 12 to 13, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. For I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they're sinners. Jesus comes to call those who know they need grace. See, you are the one Jesus came to call. He didn't come for the whole, he came for the broken. He didn't come for the happy, he came for the hurting. He didn't come for the man who has it all, he came for the one stuck at the gate. He came to save you and heal you and set you free. And grace comes in at the point of human limitation. Grace erupts when man's ability fails. Grace thrives when there's nothing you can this crippled man had reached rock bottom. He was stuck. There was nowhere else for him to turn. And if you're stuck today, then you're in the place where grace can meet you. If you're stuck right now in your marriage, in your career, in your finance, then you're in the place where God can move. You're in the place 
of grace. And if you've got a problem that you can't solve, you're a candidate for grace. If you've got a problem that you can't write a check and fix it, then you're a candidate for grace. You're ripe for God. You're ripe for a miracle. And anything can happen in the place of grace. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, God said, my grace is all you need. See, when you know you're in the place of grace, then you'll never beg again. When you're in the place of grace, you're too blessed to beg. You've got the promises of God. You've got the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got the Savior, the healer, and the deliverer living in you. You're too blessed to beg. You're a child of God, and you have all you need in Christ Jesus by his grace. You're too blessed to beg. You got an inheritance with Jesus in heaven. That's why Acts 20, 32 says, his grace is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. And when you revise your position to match God's word, you're ready for the third impact of grace. Grace champions your progress. Listen to what happened next in Acts 3, 7, and 8. The Bible says, taking him by the right hand, he, that is Peter, helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Thank God for Peter and John. They looked at this man and they said, enough is enough. They reached out to take him by the hand and lift him up. And I'm telling you today, Jesus is here to reach out and take you by the hand and lift you up. For friends, the grace of God is here to take over in your life. You may be crippled in some area. You may have allowed your problem to control your destiny. You may have your hand out and your head down, but the grace of God is bigger than your need. The grace of God is searching and reaching and lifting you up today. He's here to move you forward. That's why 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor so that by his poverty he could make you rich. His grace is so generous, there's never any limit. His grace is so generous, there's always enough. His grace is so abundant, it can reach down and transform your life. God's grace can take any past and make it a triumph. He can take any mistake and make it a miracle. He can take any life and make that life a trophy for God. That's why I need you to boldly declare the day after me, I am not a product of my past. I am a product of the grace of God. And friends, the grace of God is here to take over in your life. You might say, I don't deserve it. But you know what? You're right. If you deserved it, it wouldn't be grace. If you could earn it, it wouldn't be a gift. It's time we said enough is enough. The devil may have had others, but he can't have me. There are millions who are stuck, but by God's grace, I will be free. Your mother may have died of cancer, but it won't happen to you. Your parents may have divorced, but it won't happen to you. Your neighbors may be poor, but it won't happen to you. By by his grace, you are free today in Jesus' name. For grace conquers your problem. Grace changes your position. And grace champions your progress. That's why over and over again, the Bible says, may the grace of God be with you. That's why the constant refrain of the Apostle Paul was grace. That's why every man or woman who's filled with the Holy Spirit is marked by the grace of God 
of God. For when God's Holy Spirit dwells in you and fills you and overflows from you, then grace is evident in you. It is impossible to be filled with the Holy Spirit and not be filled with grace. For 2 Corinthians 13, 14 gives us this blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. When God's Holy Spirit fellowships with you, you have grace. That's what happened to this man in this story. See, when Peter and John were filled with the Holy Spirit, they were filled with grace. It was enough for them and enough for others. It was enough for their own deliverance, and it was enough for this man too. And when they saw this man helpless and hopeless, they reached down and grabbed his hand. He didn't reach for them. They reached for him. They pulled him up, and suddenly grace took over. His feet got stronger. His ankles got strong. Suddenly the problem was solved. Suddenly it was over. And he started walking and he went into the temple and he started praising and he started jumping. He was making a commotion. He was knocking chairs over. He was shouting and screaming. And the people in the temple may have been surprised. Some of them may have tried to quiet him down. They may have sent the ushers or the deacons to tell him to sit down and be quiet. Don't you know the man of God is preaching? But you know what this crippled man said to them? I can't sit down down because I just got up. If you knew what God has done for me, you would jump and praise with me. If you knew what God has done for me, you wouldn't stop me from praising his name. You would join me in shouting, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Oh, friends, when you know what he's done for you, you will praise him forever and ever. It's not hard to praise him when you've just been delivered. It's easy to lift your hands and shout praise when you've just been saved and healed. That's why David said in Psalm 40, 1-3, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. And this man knew what God had done for him and he couldn't stop praising the Lord. You see, he went from invalid to athlete. He went from bruised to beautiful. He went from crippled to Christ. He went from begging to boasting. He went from wounded to worship. He went from lame to leaping. He went from the gate to the glory. He went from stuck to start. And you can too when you receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It begins with an outpouring of fire marking us and cleansing us and empowering us to win souls. But it doesn't end there. The Holy Spirit does more in us. He fills us with grace and it overflows to others. It's a grace that conquers every problem. A grace that changes your position. A grace that champions your progress. And God is here right now. We're in the place of grace. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit available to you, an outpouring that will fill you with grace. Receive it. Believe it. Welcome it right now.
Father, in the name of Jesus, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Come on and take a moment and pray with me. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us not only with your fire, but your grace. Come and move in our hearts, oh God. Give us the overflow of the abundance of grace. Minister grace to us. God, solve our problem. Heal our bodies. Heal our marriages. Heal our finances. Change our position, Lord. Let that grace lift us. We can't do it on our own. We're desperate for you. We need you God to transform our lives to transform our homes to transform our careers transform our destinies take us from stuck to start take us from the gate into your glory Lord bring us into your presence we won't allow our problem to keep us outside we change our position right now by praising you we worship you Lord we bless you Lord we magnify your holy name we give you glory and honor for you are full of grace you are full of truth you're the God of grace and power we thank you and we worship you for saving us for changing us for healing us for delivering us in Jesus mighty name hallelujah and amen God bless you for listening to this message Reverend Richard C. Whitcomb is the senior pastor of Agape House New Testament Church in East Legon if you are ever in Accra we would like you to worship with us on Saturday night at 6 p.m or on Sunday at 7.30 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11.30 a.m. You will have an awesome experience.